Being over 18 can be fun. Then there are just times where you just don't want to be an adult. Hey fellow card holders, welcome to the 2021 year of adult card. So I realized that this year, actually no, it was last year, everybody who was born before up to 1999 is 21. And if that doesn't make me feel old, I don't know what will. Apparently now you can look at my ID and instead of looking at the last number, all you have to do is look at the first number to realize I am old enough to purchase alcohol. That was a lot to take in as soon as I realized that I dropped my phone I looked around my room and I tried to figure out where did I go wrong but here I am you know we're all living we'll all find our own path the only thing that I'm really stuck on is the fact that my little brother is 18 and all of a sudden he has adult responsibilities too and something I want to tell you guys before we really get into this episode first of all thank you for turning tuning in thank you for clicking on adult card and please go follow me on social media you can find me on instagram at adult card it sounds exactly like two words are spelled or you can follow me on my personal social media which is aliyah underscore jh i'll put that in the information for the episode in case you don't know how to spell my name i'm used to it I am excited, though, to get into this new year of what I have to come. So this year I graduate with my master's. I get to plan this whole year's episodes and everything. Today I really wanted to go solo just because I feel like it's a good way to kick it off, kind of putting it under what I want to do before I can figure out what the rest of the episodes are going to be. And also because I wanted to hear myself talk. It's kind of a reason why people start podcasts, I guess. And... One thing I want to start with is that before the new year, um, you know, before everything got really crazy, um, I kind of had to go through what me and um, one of my boyfriend's friends, which is also kind of one of my friends, so I guess I could just say one of my friends, we kind of felt like we were in like a divorce situation because we were battling custody over my boyfriend. So, you know, I'm going to have to stop saying that. I'm just going to give him a name. I'm just going to say Julian, King Julian, because that is everybody has a drunk name. So that is his drunk name, King Julian. So we were battling over King Julian and when he was going to spend time. Because a couple weeks before the new year, I showed up randomly like to their house. Apparently, he said he had no idea I was showing up. Not King Julian, but our friend. And this friend, ooh, let's give him a name. Let's call him Silas because it just randomly came into my head so silas literally freaks the fuck out he's like why are you at my house like what's happening you're ruining boys weekend and i was like oh i'm actually coming to take king julian back with me like we're not he's not going to be here this weekend which then got into this whole battle of well when am i going to have him when am i going to see him and then we kind of were planning you can have him this weekend. I'll have him the other weekend. And he goes, well, what if you have him two weekends in a row and I get him the next two weekends? Literally, it got so fucking weird. Honestly, King Julian's like, I feel like I'm the child and you guys are my divorced parents trying to figure out who's going to have me and what I'm going to have for dinner and all this other shit. So I thought it was really funny that after, so long story short, um, he got a little upset that I was taking King Julian to Vegas. We ended up going to Vegas for a few days with his other friend, and who actually would be on the podcast a little bit later. He's really excited to come on. Keeps asking me when he's going to be on, and 
soon as we get into the same town again, other than Vegas, because there's no way we could sit down and talk during that time, I will get him on. First of all, we went to Vegas. We came back. King Julian went back home for a little bit, and then I grabbed him, got him right back then. So one thing to note is that King Julian was having card problems. So I had to go and get him, and Silas was like, well, you keep coming and taking my best friend. Like, what am I supposed to do? You keep you keep doing that. So what happened was we were out looking for cars because King Julian wanted to buy a new car. Obviously, his old car was not worth putting more money into. He said, like, this is it. It's an old car. It's literally two years older than me. And as we've established, everybody who was born after us is now also 21. So we... <laughs> We had to realize, hey, yeah, no, this car is not going to, it's, there's no helping it. And so when we were out looking for cars, Silas texted me. He goes, well, actually, you know what? I put the, I put the text on, on the adult card social media. So if you want to read what he says and try to like understand what I'm talking about, let's just say he was not exactly happy that I was hogging all of King Julian's time. So I put it on Instagram and I thought it was funny. Just to everyone, this was a joke to us. This wasn't anything that we were taking seriously. It completely 100 was a joke. But I had commented, well, I put a caption on my picture saying, the holidays can be rough. Anyone have tips in this situation? And someone, it was a different podcast, but I thought it was kind of funny just because I didn't realize that people probably actually go through these things. So what they said was, no advice necessary. If this is an issue, then get a cat. Better yet, a dog. Meaning, basically, if we're trading, if our significant other is basically having no say in what, you know, he's actually doing and everything is being decided for him, it's probably not a healthy relationship because they're probably relying on those, on the other people to make those decisions for him or her. And ladies and gentlemen, that is what we call codependency. So I looked it up because I don't know that much. I'm like I have said, I am not a counseling psychology student or even a counseling psychology therapist, a licensed therapist. But according to Google, codependency is excessive emotional or psychological reliance on a partner, typically one who requires support on account of an illness or addiction. So ladies and gentlemen, if you are not sure, like if you have to make a lot of decisions for your significant other, and it's not just because, you know, you are a bossy person who has to have say it, everything, everything I'm trying so hard not to be. The signs of codependency, according to Google, let's just say that this isn't like any actual knowledge that I'm spitting right now. This is something that like a three-year-old could look up. And I say that because three-year-olds are getting a lot smarter since their parents give them iPads to shut them up at dinner. And the signs of codependency include difficulty making decisions in a relationship, difficulty identifying your feelings, difficulty communicating in a relationship. This sounds like this person should not be in a relationship. Oh my goodness. That is a lot of pressure and stress and decision-making to put on your partner. Um, It also includes valuing the approval of others more than valuing yourself, lacking trust in yourself, and having poor self-esteem. I feel like this is like 
I I don't I don't know how to say it without sounding mean, but it almost kind of sounds like a young, immature adult who gets into a relationship with someone much older because they feel like they have a better sense of life. And so they kind of put themselves in a situation where they don't have to make decisions because the other party would know better. Does that make sense? I'm trying so hard to make to make this make sense. But it kind of reminds me of the episode I did with my friend DJ when we were talking about um, toxic relationships and how he's been through many toxic relationships because he hasn't had any trust really in himself and he had, didn't have great self-esteem and having other people kind of say things and do things for him kind of made it seem like he was important. So maybe that kind of goes back onto like that codependency thing. Maybe he had some during that time with some people that he would date just because it did make him feel better. Um, and I don't really think that there's a way that you can help other people with their codependency. This is just me kind of just thinking right now that in order for someone to get past their codependency or to grow as a person is to take a step back from that relationship figure out what is best for them in that situation not what's going to be best for the other person because then you're kind of pushing things that you need down and that you would no longer I don't know be proud of your accomplishments the things that you've done so far because you are trying so hard to measure up to someone else uh, codependency probably also is something that strings from other places in your life like maybe at work it's just not you know doing it for you or you don't feel like you're getting that kind of satisfaction so the fact that someone else is trying to give you that satisfaction kind of fills a hole in your life I don't know this got like really serious and mental wellnessy that like I feel like I need to have some other students on or some other people on that we can talk about that because it kind of almost goes into like an imposter syndrome that I really want to talk about with two co-coordinators of one of my jobs at the school that I'm currently attending which I think that they'd be really interested to get into because we do good into those programs a lot. Whew, they got like super serious. I didn't even mean to like go that far deep into codependency, but I felt like once it got going, it's something that really needs to be talked about because sometimes I think people do it without realizing that they're doing it. And that is when they fall really deep in the hole and it might be hard to get out of. And then they spend a lot of money in therapy, which when I think about it, a lot of people are spending a lot of money to be a licensed therapist, especially in counseling psychology. Let me tell you the amount of years my cohorts have put in. Let's just say they're in like their late 20s now and they're doing so much. They are basically, I could not tell you how proud I am of them. I've only known them for a short amount of time, but I've only been in school for a little bit. Like maybe this will be my sixth year. But I couldn't imagine doing everything that they're doing, actually having to do client work, making sure to kind of grow with their clients as they grow with themselves. Not only will that help them later in life with their future clients, with their future endeavors, if they decide to go a different route in counseling psychology or to go into like marital therapy. I don't even know, honestly, that I just, listen. Digging that deep into other people's heads is a mind fuck to me because now like if I was that person trying to unmind fuck this other 
like my client and shit and help them realize these things, then I'm going to reflect it back on me and make sure I'm not doing that shit because that, ladies and gentlemen, probably is why you go into codependency. I don't know. Please don't take that as like an offense. I really don't understand how like the mind works and I'd rather not study it because I will become a conspiracy theorist and I'd rather that not happen. While we're on the subject of toxic relationships, can we please just actually, we, this is literally just me talking to a microphone. I'm going to talk about how The Bachelor is back. I'm so happy that it came so short, well, came so quickly after The Bachelorette, not because I did enjoy Tasia Adams' season. I did. I felt like there's a lot of turns in there. I felt like there's a lot of switches. I don't really care about, um, you know, the first girl who dated Dale, uh, whatever her name is. I know I'm not being rude right now. Like, I literally can't remember anything about her except for she's blonde. Maybe her name starts with a K or C. Claire! Claire! It's Claire. Fuck me. Okay. So, Claire and Dale look like they're, you know, in love. They're living together. They're doing their damn thing. Trying to stay too much out of the spotlight except for Dale because, you know, he's every time he gets made fun of he kind of just twists it and turns it and makes it to a joke to like say like I'm okay with it you guys can say the shit about me but I just got a fine ass girl and y'all are alone in quarantine that's fine but they went away to like after two weeks and we got Tasha Adams love her think that she made some really good decisions um I felt like at some point she kind of felt bad because people kept coming back and trying to worm the way into her and someone who has been hurt in the past, she's trying to get a guy who's not going to do that again. I completely understand that. But when What's-His-Face came back, you know, the polished guy, the guy from Harvard, when he came back and he was just like, I love you, I was just like, please leave. Please get the fuck out of here. Not only do you say that when it's obvious that she most likely does not feel the same way because she sent you home. If she had an inkling that she was going to fall in love with you, she would have kept you and you would have brought that out of her later. For you to go and do that to her at that moment of time when she had already sent you home, had already sent some other people home, had a better understanding of the people that she wanted, for you to do that is just selfish. If you want to go back and the men tell all and say, I'm so sorry I had really like deep feelings for you in that moment. I understand that you probably didn't feel the same way. I just need you to know that I was falling in love or have fell in love in that situation during that point in time. That is fine. Go ahead and say that. Go ahead and do that. But don't do it during that time where there's a bunch of cameras on her. Like in that moment. Okay, so there's all, there was cameras on her in the Mentella. I understand. But... During that moment, she was still trying to figure out her own decisions, and she had already gone through the fact that you were gone. She might have been second-guessing that, but honestly, who doesn't do that a little bit in a relationship when you break up with someone and then you second-guess them because then you're having high school goggles or celebration goggles or whatever it's called, and you're looking back and thinking of the good moments. It happens in every fucking breakup. So what he should have done was just let it alone, processed it, took it home, figured out what he did wrong, figured out what he needed to do, and then come back in the mental all and then say that shit. That would have been respectful. All right, now that we're past that, we have Matt James. So Matt James is the first black bachelor of the series, and he's actually never been on a previous season of The Bachelorette. So normally, if anyone's ever watched the show, you know that the contestants who were on the previous season of The Bachelorette or, you know, 
whatever like it could have been apparently from like five seasons ago or whatever season Claire was on I don't know all I know is it was San Juan and she slapped him I still need to find that season I don't know where it is I don't have Netflix and I think there's a season on there but it's not his so let me tell you why it's so incredibly cool awesome strange invigorous I don't even know what invigorous means in this moment I'd have to look it up but everything we know about Matt James is based off of social media because he was supposed to be on Claire season if you didn't know that now you do if you did know that well here's a reminder that during the quarantine time he gained a lot of fan interaction because he is Tyler James Tyler James Tyler Cameron they're not brothers Tyler Cameron's best friend so Tyler and Matt went to Wake Forest together they played football together and I think they did a couple mini camps together um I saw that Matt went to a mini camp for the Saints because when I was watching the football games this past weekend um the Saints tweeted out like a whole big shout out to Matt James and then they called him the former wide receiver I'm not exactly sure how many camps work but I'm pretty sure you have to be signed on to a team to be called like their wide receiver unless they use you for like practice I don't know how many camps worked maybe someone can explain it to me maybe someone can um shake the stupid out of me if my friend Caitlin's listening to this it's probably going to be her because Every time I say something wrong in football, she stares at me like I'm stupid. And I have to remind her that I'm still learning and I still like this sport. It's okay. We're not all like just grown from this because we come from a football like family. But I think that she's in my life because if I do say something stupid, I'm glad it's her hearing it and not someone who plays football for a living or for school. I I say stupid shit all the time, so glad it's her just listening. But here's the thing. Um, they called him the wide receiver, and I went into whole research mode because I didn't realize that at the time, and I found all of that situation. You can literally find it online. But one thing that I did or did find out was that Tyler Cameron's mother is the one who suggested Matt to go on. So this is way back when. Um, Tyler went on and then after, you know, Tyler sadly didn't win. I don't know if I want to say sadly because no one really won, I guess, in that situation. Like there wasn't like a successful engagement out of there. But Hannah and Tyler remained friends and Hannah, Tyler and James, James. (laughs) Oh, my God. When you have two first names, it gets a little confusing. Okay, so when Hannah, Tyler and Matt um, became friends was actually during quarantine because Tyler and Hannah was spending time together. And during that time is when we got to meet the men of Claire season. So we had already knew that, um, Matt was coming on. What we didn't know is that all this charitable, charitable, charitable work, charitable. Oh my God. Charitable. (laughs) He has a lot of charitable work. He is behind the Black Lives Matter movement. He realizes the weight that he carries being the first black bachelor. He, I could say a lot of cool things and nice things about him. Basically, it's because I read a lot last night when I was um, trying to review what I did and did not know about him. And I think he, 
you know, I think he's a good person. I don't find or I haven't found anything that's like very telling or very scary about him. You know, like when we dig up the past and we find out that some have like some rape allegations, aka easy. I don't know if they're true or not. I just know that they're rape allegations. Someone did come forward. But it's kind of like that. Like you never want to like watch something, love the person and then find some weird, creepy, horrible things about them because then you have to look back and be like, oh, my God. Like he fooled me. Like what if, what if I knew this person? What if I was around him? I'm not saying like anyone specific, but you're like, what if I was around so and so during this time? Um, then you kind of reflect back. Like I know some people. Um, you know, it's a small world sometimes. So I do know some people who have known people on The Bachelor, and they do show them in a great light because they're just showing what those people are willing to say or do on TV. And then you find out things about them, and it kind of makes you like. Do they vet these people? Like, do they call their ex-boyfriends? Like, are you the one does or ex on the beach? Like, those people literally have conversations, bring the ex in, and then the other new people get to ask them, like, so tell me about so-and-so's relationship. Did he cheat on you? Was there any, like, bad blood? Like, da-da-da-da. No. So I don't know if they even do that on The Bachelorette. I have once applied to The Bachelorette for one of my friends. I thought that she was going to be really good on the show. She's not had a call, so they are definitely missing out on her. Um, but she's about to, like, graduate with her PhD. If that doesn't tell you that she's fully mature, it should. Because there's a 21-year-old on the show right now, which I, being in my age right now, um, having friends who are married and are having kids or are married, divorced, and with kids, um... I don't really see, like, a problem with someone wanting to fall in love at, like, a younger age. I do think that you should wait a little bit, you know, if they went on TV to fall in love in three months and then – or two months. I think it's, like, two two months is really how the show works out. But they, it's probably, like, within three months of filming. Um, I definitely feel like they should spend some time away from the cameras. And by time, I mean maybe, like, JoJo and Jordan spent a few years – still being engaged while you're getting to know that person just because being a young person um, on TV kind of gets a lot of, you know, bad, a bad feeling. So please, if you do go on the show at a young age, just like take it seriously. Realize that you are showing people your, your life and it's not always going to be great. Then... We have um, our known villain, so Victoria. Victoria likes to call herself a queen. I have not seen it. I have not seen the classy. I have not seen the, I don't know, the spiritual. I don't, I guess I'm putting a little bit of stereotypes on what queens are like, but I don't think that they're snooty bitches who are upset because the person who's sleeping in the same room with them wants to get to know them. I don't understand what, like, maybe I missed something. There was a point in time where I did go downstairs to get something to eat because I really could have paused it, but I didn't care that much in the situation. I really just wanted some food. And I came back, and all of a sudden, she's crying to Matt, and then I don't really know what happened. So I pulled up the Bachelorette biography, and I looked up Victoria. It's easy to find on abc.go.com. And you just go to the show The Bachelorette, or The Bachelor, whichever one is on. Anyway, Victoria, she's 27, she's from L.A., or she currently lives L.A., she put L.A. on her application, so 
who knows how long she's been living there and then let's see here victoria or queen victoria as she likes to refer to herself has outgrown her once upon a time jet sitter lifestyle but not her sense of grandeur victoria has shifted focus towards (laughs) these big words i promise i'm smart these entrepreneurship and has launched a few businesses in health and beauty space oh that's cool you know she's a she's a working girl she has her own money she has her own whatever Victoria knows she has a big personality. Oh, yes, she does. And needs a strong man who can keep up. Oh, okay. But who won't be controlling in any way, shape, or form. Well, Matt doesn't seem controlling, but you kind of do. So maybe that's why you don't need someone who's controlling, because you seem to want to take control of shit. Honestly, I do take control of shit a lot in my relationship, I guess I could say. Like, there are times where I do like to be, like, in control of it, and I think in the one space everybody usually is okay with me doing it when I travel with them and that is planning shit I will plan shit in in months like when we went to Vegas um his other friend that we went with literally said I want to go literally if you tell me where to be when to like where to be when to be there and how we're gonna do it I will get there and I said oh my god, you just, like, this is the best moment. Honestly, I'm gonna go home right now. I'm gonna find discounts and shit, make reservations. Literally for three months. So I planned the trip in September. We went in December. I said, you need to take these days off. He's like, done. I said, this is the flight we're gonna take. He goes, good. And I said, this is where we're staying. And if you guys have any recommendations for any restaurants that you want to go to, let me know because I will make a reservation. So obviously, like, I'm gonna have other people's input. This isn't just my trip. But... They literally like, uh, we don't care. You choose. I trust you. Basically because they know that I'm really good at planning shit and I will plan a fucking good time. Not to boast myself up there, but I had to throw it in there. Anyway, so Victoria. The top things Victoria's needs. In, okay, whoever wrote this needs to rewrite this. Honestly, I've been there when you have some grammatical errors, but... This is a professional website, and I currently don't have that. So the top things Victoria needs in a relationship are loyalty, honesty, and independence. Hmm. Okay. That's not that bad, actually. You know, that's basically what we all want. Uh, Meditation and spiritually play a huge role in Victoria's life. And to find someone who is also would be a huge... Wait, what? Meditation and spiritually play a huge role in Victoria's life and to find someone who also is would be a huge plus for her okay hold on what did do they have all of their people write their own bios and then they just copy and paste and put in third person I am confused that is a very confusing sentence to me and I feel stupid maybe it's just me maybe I'm just stupid you know I'm still I took a shower and put PJs back on so like I it just might be me um victoria loves romance and with her love language being physical touch uh, okay she hopes to find someone who appreciates that side of her um okay that's not bad it's not horrible um victoria truly has no filter uh fuck no she does not which she loves about herself and plans to be very forward in her pursuit of matt she has been very forward she has obviously you know I applauded her on day one when, 
don't get me wrong. I applauded her when she decided to go talk to Matt because there were some girls who were kind of shy and like, I don't want to go talk. Honestly, first night, there are 33 women. If you don't go talk to him and make yourself known, he is not going to choose you because he won't remember anything about you. Just because you have a pretty face doesn't mean that he wants to pursue anything else other than, you know, looking at your face. So obviously, if you talk to him, tell him a little about yourself, you probably would have had a good running I don't know I just reminded myself of that blonde I don't know if it was Amber I can't remember that much about her because she didn't say shit the only thing she would say is oh my god I wish Victoria wouldn't like come up to me and tell me like what to do like if I want to go talk to Matt I will I'm like then go fucking do it you're running out of time the first rose is about to be handed out and then he has like a whole like talk with himself to figure out who he wants to keep and I don't think it's going to be you sweetie I'm sorry and it wasn't she left day one I was not surprised Okay, continuing. This I'm on the last part, I promise. This girl knows what she wants, and good luck to anyone who tries to stop her. I swear they have them write their own bios. That sounded like some shit she would probably say, just because of what you hear on those previews. I swear, these people, they have them write their own bios in the third person, and they copy-paste. They probably give one, like, reading through, and then they copy-paste. Ooh, I got a snap message. Oh, it's from someone someone I know. Hold on one sec. Okay, I'm back. Um Victoria lives for the perfect astral spirits. I don't know what that is. Um Okay. The light of her life is Coco, her golden doodle. I have seen this dog on Instagram just because she um when I was on Twitter the other night, I was looking through, you know, the bachelorette tw- or the bachelor tweets. I got to keep I got to say bachelor. I literally typed in bachelorette when I was looking at tweets. But the bachelor and um something popped up and it was a picture of her in her house, which she actually ended up taking off Instagram for other reasons. And it had her dog, and you know, the dog was kind of cute. It was like one of those dogs you expect a girl like her to have. And I don't say that offensively. I say that obviously. Victoria's biggest turnoff is a man who can't keep his room clean. Okay. That's not bad. I mean, I don't, I don't really know what to say about that one. I just kind of refer to the Euphoria episode where um, they're talking about the nudes and like when is a good like what's a good nude and what's a bad nude and most of it has nothing to do with the actual penis it's the whole background so if you see I don't know like hair on the floor or um dirty underwear or I don't know a fucking knife then you run for your life like it's not a good nude and that's the only thing I thought of when I read that just now aside from Victoria being the person who I'd rather not go that far, even though from the previews that we saw for next week's episode, we can see that she probably gets a rose. She most likely gets a rose. She's definitely getting a rose because now we have to figure out what's going on with her and Marilyn and Matt's not going to send them home without figuring out what's what's what. And I really hope, I didn't see Marilyn, uh, maybe it's because she's really shy and quiet and doesn't say that much, but I didn't see her in the preview I'm hoping that's just because she doesn't talk that much, not because um, he trusts Victoria over her. And that is just saying because everybody else in the house were so confused when Victoria was saying all these things about Marilyn and Marilyn's like, I I don't, I don't understand. Like my character is being um, threatened. I, 
Like, what do you do in that situation when you're her? You don't, she doesn't say much. Okay, so where am I at? There are girls that I like, but I can't pick a favorite yet because it's really early. And I feel like the most connections that he's made are kind of surface level. Like, they're the ones that you, like, when you go on a first, second, or third date, um, maybe this is just, like, what I think. I don't know. But it's kind of like you have that surface level. Like, you realize that they don't suck. You realize that they're not, like, a terrible person. Um, you want to see them again. You want to get to know them. Maybe go a little bit deeper. I do understand that on The Bachelor and The Bachelorette and Bachelor in Paradise, things tend to move a little bit quicker because I put them in these situations and kind of force them to talk about things. But I still feel like it's more like kind of like a surface level. Um, like they're pretty. They have nice teeth. Um, they have a good personality. They have like feelings. They care about things. They don't suck. But it's kind of now with the whole thing, like, this person's a good person. Do I feel a connection with them? Do I see, like, a romantic level with them? Do I see, like, a friendship level? It's that kind of thing where you're – we're not there yet. And so when I say there's people that I like, I do like Sarah. Sarah is the – oh, my God. Okay. Sarah is the one that he went on the one-on-one -on -one date with, I believe. And – one thing I really liked is that she was able to open up. So they had a really cute date. First of all, budget way better than Tasha's season. And I don't think that's because that, um, like, the quarantine, like, whatever. I do think it's because quarantine, but not because, like, oh, we have to keep them all secluded in this one area. I think it was more of the time and money that we spent on the schedule before COVID got shot to hell and now we have to improvise with new money that we have to make up because we lost a lot in the investment and shit and after they pulled through Tasha season they are able to basically do the season that they prepared for so they were able to budget well for Matt they're able to um kind of get their planning in order with the space that they wanted to use and because of that it flows a little bit differently than Tasha and Claire seasons so our season they shared a season so because of that they were able to go into that two-seater plane and fly around and then go to like a nice setup dinner thing afterwards so one thing that I do want to get into is that Sarah Sarah's 24. She's a broadcast journalist. She comes from, I I want to say a good background just because she says that she has a good connection with her family. And I don't mean background as in like where she's from and where she's been. I just mean the people who she's surrounded herself with. So she talks about her dad. We kind of get that little emotional pool that we get from the ladies on the show when they talk about like some hardships in their life. And the things that she was saying and how she responded to Matt's questions, realized that what she wanted in life it kind of is that little, kind of like that surface level. She's pricking a little bit, trying to get a little bit deeper under to like pull those emotional strings and kind of get him attached. I just want to read her bio. So that's what I'm going to do. Sarah has always dreamed of finding her fairy tale ending. What is with these girls in fairy tales? <laughs> it's the real world. Um, she comes from an incredibly close-knit family and says her parents are the true example of loving and loyal relationship that she wants for herself one day. Oh, they must still be married. I don't have that. Um, my family's good. Don't get me wrong. We're all good. We're all good. My parents just aren't together. So 
Sarah has been, oh, also, <laughs> while I'm doing it, let me tell you how how that is. Okay, so I don't come from, I guess, a broken family, you know, and they're like, oh, your parents weren't together, they got divorced, it's a broken family. I don't think that at all. My parents are still cool, they still talk to each other, they're not like the type of people who shy away from each other, well, in most cases. And um, I like to say that, like, I was older, too. I was, like, 18, 19 when they separated, 19, 20 when they got a divorce. Um, my brother was the younger one, so it's really that. My dad actually started a podcast um, it's called Life After. It used to be Life After with Damien. I made a whole website for him a few years ago. Um, but it was basically it was like how to navigate through life when you have children and you have to find basically like new ways of adapting to your new life after you get a divorce. It's good for people who have gone through those things. Um, I'm obviously not in that demographic and I didn't want to hear any little bit about it basically because it was about how he's moving on from my mother and I had to hear both sides. It's fine. My dad's really good at it. Um, he's always been really good at talking to people, which is one of the places where I get it from. I feel like almost everybody in my family is really good at talking to people or really good at talking. Anyway, let's jump back to Sarah. Sarah enjoys traveling. Ooh, I like traveling. Trying new foods. Girl, go to Vegas. I got good foods. Going to concerts. Yeah, I miss those. Tennis, hiking, and biking. I do like hiking, and I haven't had a bike in a while. She's like... I've been wanting to say white version of me, but she's not. Okay, she is hoping to find a man who prioritizes fitness and a healthy lifestyle just as much as she does and wants someone who will turn every day into an adventure better than the last. I like her. One thing that is important to Sarah is finding a man whose commitment is faith is as strong as hers. She hopes to be uh, one day be in power couple. Oh, sorry. Yeah, be in a power couple. I was right. That when they are not spending time with their kids, they are doing work for the community and giving back to children in need. Oh my God, she's an angel. Uh, Sarah is truly a hopeless romantic. I can see that, Sarah. I see that definitely. Will Sarah get the fairy tale ending that she's always wanted with Matt? Only time will tell. Oh my gosh. She's a trained fire. Where do they find these people? She's a trained fire dancer. If they don't put that into one of the date competitions, like I'm going to be so sad. I didn't get to see it. Um, her superhero is Oprah Winfrey. She dabbles in photography as a hobby. See, she sounds like a good match. She's only 24 years old, which means that even though she actually, no, she doesn't even see, seem that immature. I, she's a year older than me and I feel so immature listening to her bio, reading her bio. Oh my goodness. Here's what she did wrong though. As much as I like the Sarah character. Sarah person I like Sarah on the show here's what I didn't like um so on her date with Matt at the end he gives her the rose or maybe it's after or before the rose I don't know what I did know is when they start kissing as we know he's the first bachelor which means that his his skin is brown he has brown skin it's like a little bit dark it's he's opposite of her which is white um when they start kissing she pulls back and his almost his whole nose the little button on his nose and then down to the nostrils is her makeup pure white all came off it's like she rubbed it off I'm still surprised that you wouldn't see the redness on, on her nose 
or her chin or wherever it was. I think I was just too focused on looking at his face. But when you're on a show and you are going to be in these situations, maybe she didn't realize it when you rub, you know, makeup on someone else's face, it's going to come off. Maybe the other guys that she's dated before um, of a lighter persuasion, it doesn't look like much. But on a other person, it definitely does. And I know this because, well, I've been through both situations. But people, setting spray. I'm not used to it. I get nervous when, like, my makeup rubs off on my face mask. I don't wear it that much. But watching that, all I want to do is I hope on the next date some other girl is nice and shares the setting spray with her. It was a little bit embarrassing to watch just because I, I couldn't I couldn't stop staring. And then when I went on to Twitter, I saw it again. So I had to watch it multiple times. I just didn't know how to react. I just hope someone helps her next time. And that is all I can say on that situation. Moving away from that topic, I just want to thank you guys for listening to this uh, episode of my podcast. I'm really excited for this year. I don't really know where things are going to take me. I don't know if I'm going to be staying in Indiana. I don't know if I'm going to be leaving Indiana. Uh, fingers crossed that it is the latter and not the former. Either way, I'm really hoping to take my little project of adult card under my wing and kind of move full force with it, getting new people to interview and gain knowledge from to basically just putting my voice out there and being heard and to have fun with it because this is something that I literally can do from my bedroom. I'm sitting on my bed right now. Um, My setup is very portable, so all I really have to do is pack it up and take it somewhere. And maybe one day I'll have like a full studio of it. That would be awesome. Therefore, I wouldn't have to keep setting up and taking down everything. You guys don't really need to know about that or probably even don't care about it. Please keep following me on social media. If you have not, once again, it's adult card. And I also have my personal one, which is Aaliyah underscore JH. Two weeks ago, I actually got to be a guest on a podcast. I was episode 116 on the Homance Chronicles. I got to talk with Nicole and Sarah about... (laughs) Sorry, I just keep thinking back to it. It was really good. We actually had to record twice because there was something wrong with the first recording of it, you know, doing Zoom. And basically, it was kind of just talking to them um, about how college students are doing with uh, corona, interracial dating... And basically making the most out of a poorly planned date. And it was really fun talking with them. I really enjoyed the episode. Um, Please go ahead and go listen to them. They are the Homance Chronicles. They're really two funny girls from Michigan. If you guys like this episode and want to know when the next one's coming out, please just hit the follow button, subscribe button, share button if you want to share it to your friends. I don't know how you keep track of it. If you're on Apple iTunes, go ahead and hit that five-star button because I would really appreciate the rating. And I will catch you guys next episode. (laughs) 